I don't know whether you can hear me or not. Maybe some of what I'm saying will echo through. Welcome back to Trust God, Bro. This is episode 12, Trusting God in Spiritual Depression, Trusting God in Depression. So if you want, you can take those off. <laughs> we could, yeah. Or Test, if you want to. one, two, three, can you hear me? Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, someone made a comment to me the other day and said, your podcasts kind of all have like a, a negative undertone to it of like, you know, trusting God in the mundane, trusting God when things go the crap, trusting God, when all these like kind of negative things. So I apologize. That's kind of the, the flavor you're getting at for each episode. But today we're talking about depression. Mm. <laughs> so everyone loves to talk about, right? Uh, but I am excited for this for several reasons. One, I'm here with um, the guy that's been discipling me for the last three years here at Illinois State University. I'm actually on my last week of you know, I got finals next week and I'm graduating. And so it's a lot of change, but I'm thankful for um, what Joe has played a role in my life and the wisdom that he's given me and how I've been able to grow through that. So yeah, uh, Joe, do you want to introduce yourself? Who are you? What do you do? Yeah. And what's your favorite Subway sandwich? Favorite Subway sandwich. Um, it's <laughs> a good question. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I mean, I'm excited to be here and um, so yeah, I guess my favorite Subway sandwich is the steak and cheese footlong on Italian. It's a, <laughs> it's so good with the, uh, what is it? The Chipotle Southwest sauce on top with mm-hmm. onions, green peppers, man, dude, it's so good. I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, my name is Joe and I work for Campus Outreach. It's an interdenominational campus ministry. Um, we've been here at Illinois State since, uh, I guess, Dayton's first year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in our fourth year now and um, yeah, that's my full-time job, I guess you could say. And so... Yeah. It, yeah. That's, that's perfect. Okay. So, yeah, just to start things off, uh, we're just going to start off with, with the basics of what is depression? You can go from like a psychological point or also from just like a, a biblical point too. But I think we at the end of it, we want to give like a theology okay. of depression if you can. No, yeah. I'll, I'll try to do my best. Yeah. I obviously don't know everything about depression. Um, but I mean, I definitely struggle with it. I think I struggled with it a few years ago and it was really, really hard and um i heard one christian counselor say that depression is when you kind of don't meet a goal that you want and so you're sad like you're depressed and there's a variety of types of depressions martin lloyd jones wrote that book spiritual depression um and i think there's a lot of sides to depression i think there's a biological side that you struggle with there's an emotional physical even social side that you have and um i don't know i think part of depression or trying to figure out why you're sad is kind of figuring out like why what goal is blocked like what's prohibiting me from having what i desire and because of that we get depressed Hmm. and so um yeah. yeah so you'd say the root of depression is feeling like something's like blocking you from doing what you want to do or yeah. yeah yeah that's probably what I would say and 
Um, I think there's a lot of reasons why people get depressed, and they're all really valid reasons. And um, I think it's just hard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to explain my story? Or? Yeah. So that's the, the next thing is, like, I just okay. want you to kind of share your experience, and you can go wherever you want with this. And, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my first year on staff, um, so I ran cross-country and track at EIU when I was in college, and I was a part of uh, campus outreach then, and as I was thinking about working for them, I had to go take this really big personality test called the MMPI, and kind of like from that, I had to go see a counselor in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, I think not not every staff person has to go see him, and so it was kind of like intriguing to hear what he has to say about it all, and um, I think for me, like, he just said, like, Joe, you are kind of like ha- ha- high on anxiety, high on depression, um, but you're low on defense. And I think I was like, and he just kind of said, you have some sort of social anxiety type stuff. And I think I wasn't too surprised by the anxiety stuff. But when he said the depression, I was kind of like blown away, honestly. I was like, well, really? Like, I never really felt like I struggled with depression. I didn't feel like I was a sad person. I felt like I was just a, I don't know, just a happy guy, just trying to do what I needed to do, stay on top of things. And, um, and I think part of the reason I felt that way was because I was just running 70, 80 miles a week every, every week for college and yeah. even in high schools I was running a lot and so I don't think I really just kind of felt like the the way of depression and it kind of really hit me when I my first year on staff at mm-hmm. ISU and I was probably just like the unhealthiest I could I was ever I mean I, I gained 30 pounds <laughs> I stopped running I mean it was horrible I mean I it was just it was just weird yeah. it was like and part of it was, like, I was just tired. Like, I was tired of running 70, 80 miles a week. Yeah. And then I got injured from playing basketball too many times and um, dislocated my shoulder, yeah. broke my hip. Like twice. Yeah, dude. I mean, I was just so injury prone. And um, and so, like, I, I mean, I just was unhealthy. And I didn't – I'm, like, not the most, like, emotionally aware type of person. And – so, like, when I look back at it, I was like, wow, I, like, really struggled with it sooner than I thought I did. And, and moments that kind of come to my mind is, like, um, I just remember first year on staff, like, reading my Bible, and I just felt weird. I was, like, felt off. Like, I couldn't really figure out why. Like, I think I just felt, like, condemnation on me all the time. And it was really... I didn't know what to think about it until, like, I really struggled with it that following summer and my first year on staff was probably, like, one of the hardest years of my life because I had the social anxiety, but I'm in a job that's highly social, and I'm trying to share my faith and put myself out there all the time. All the while, I moved to a new city. All the while, I'm dating this girl. I'm engaged to this girl, and I'm married to this girl, like, in a matter of nine months. Like, from our first date to our wedding day, it was nine months. Yeah. And I moved a couple times throughout that year and moved to... Um, moved to the apartment after me and Zoe got married and it, it's actually crazy like maybe 10 days before my wedding my dad's mom passed away and 2 days before my wedding my mom's dad passed away mm-hmm. 
And I, I literally left my grandfather's funeral to go straight to my wedding rehearsal. And um, basically after that, it just kind of like, it hit me. It hit me really, really bad. And like I said, I'm not the most emotionally aware type of person. And so it, it, was, just, it was just hard. It was like, I, I don't know. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to think. I, I, I didn't even know what I was experiencing until like I... I don't know. I just put words to it. Like, oh, like, this is depression. Mm -hmm. And it hit me. It was like, oh, crap. Like, I'm depressed. And I think it took me a really, really, really long time to really figure that out. And, um, I mean, it was hard. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just just wanted to... I was just in a lot of pain. And I wanted it to be gone. And... It would just be moments where I start crying and, like, I don't know, it was just really hard, I yeah. guess you could say. Sure. And there's a lot of things with it that probably a lot of <laughs> listeners know. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it was like for me. I mean, I can keep talking about, like, what helped me, how I got out of it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think that's what everyone will want to hear, and we can kind of, like, build to that. But I think it's just helpful to hear that. I mean, thanks for being vulnerable. It's like really hard for, like me specifically, to admit things of that nature of our weaknesses, and but for everyone, you know, it's like just it's just hard, and so it's helpful to hear that your experience in um, it's probably not too far off from some people, hmm. um, even though yeah, I feel like yours is an extreme case when you're running that much and then not running at all. Yeah. That's like the physical side of it, but then you have like the mental side of it. Um, and then not, and then the spiritual side of it, you know? And so, yeah, it's a lot. No, so, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Man. I think that's the thing I learned. I, I think I just was like, dude, I'm, I feel like crap. And I was like, how do I, how do I feel better? And, I think I was like trying to attack it on so many different fronts. And I think I think I just learned a lot about like the human being. And there's just a lot of sides to a human person. Like you you have a physical body and you have an emotional side and you have a spiritual side and I think I was just like trying to attack it on all fronts and I don't know, I think one thing that's been helpful for me is First Kings 19, mm-hmm. where um, God's talking with, uh, what is it, Elijah? Yeah. And um, Elijah, like, he hits depression after this really, really big spiritual high. And God just comforts him and says, like, hey, eat and sleep. Hmm. Eat and sleep. That God's not ignorant of our physical beings. Like, we have a physical side about us. We have a biological element that's happening that's really plays a role in our emotional state and Hmm. God's not ignorant of it. And I think that's just really helpful because I think like if you grow up in church a lot and you talk about like heaven and hell and you think about like you as a Christian, it's easy to think of yourself like your soul. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Like your spiritual state that you kind of neglect like this physical side of you and God really cares about the physical side of you. And I don't know, even like Jesus resurrection, it was a bodily physical resurrection that he loves the body and it wants it to be healthy. And so like from that side of things, I was like, well, what can I do from a physical side to actually help? And kind of like from that, I started running more. I started sleeping 
I changed my diet. Like, my diet was horrible. I would eat pizza. Like, I mean, I still eat pizza all the time. Yeah, sure. It's really, really bad. But, like, I read that. I mean, I read a chapter in the book, um, How Not to Die. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard that book? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't sample it, that book. Yeah, okay. a lot of people at Christchurch love it. Um, and there's just one chapter that talks about, like, how not to die from depression. Okay? And okay. so I read it, and basically he just says, like, doesn't know why, but people who eat a lot of greens, they don't struggle with depression. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I need to start eating some greens. And so I started having like spinach salads for lunch and just putting greens in my dinner and so on. I mean, all those kind of things, just little things here, little things there. And, um, yeah, and I think it, I think it helped on some degree. And um, that's kind of how I attacked the, the physical side uh, of it all. But I think I was even, like, addressing it from, like, a spiritual side. Mm-hmm. And I think I just have a high view of God's sovereignty where it's like, okay, like, I was like, God, what do you want me to learn from this? Like, if you're sovereign over this, over all the good and all the bad, like, what, what are you teaching me? And I think I would just pray, like, Father, Lord, I just pray that I would get as many spiritual blessings out of this as possible and not quit too soon or be relieved too soon and miss all the benefits of character and growth and godliness and intimacy with him from from just letting this burden release. Yeah. And um, I think for me, like the biggest lesson I learned about it all really just kind of came down to identity mm-hmm. and um, Bob Smart he wrote that book called Identity Tim Keller was really great with identity stuff and I really kind of just got down to the core of like why why am I depressed mm-hmm. like what is my blocked goal what is happening and I think for me like I was depressed because I I'm a one on the Enneagram, so, like, I felt bad. Mm -hmm. I felt like I wasn't doing all the right things, or I have a lot of three in me. I wasn't achieving, and I was just in a job. I'm newly married. Like, I'm playing to my weaknesses that I just felt, like, inadequate. Like, I wasn't enough. I'm struggling with all this guilt, all this shame, all this condemnation that, like, I think I felt like I had to muster up something in me to, to be good enough. And I think through that season, I really just realized what the gospel really is. And I listen, I mean, there's a lot of things I listen to. I mean, I probably listen to every single Tim Keller sermon out there. <laughs> I was just like, something helped me. Yeah. And um, so I just, I love Tim Keller. I think I love Tim Keller because he's so gospel centered. He's so grace centered. And I think for people like me and my personality type, that that's what I needed. And I think I kind of had like a rediscovery of the gospel where I just realized the gospel is you're not good enough. It is that you are bad. It is that you haven't achieved anything. And the gospel isn't what you can do for God. It's what God has done for you. Hmm. And I think I just learned like justification in a really sweet way that like I'm pardoned of all my sins and accepted as righteous in his sight. Uh, except for the righteousness of Christ imputed to me and received by mm-hmm. faith alone is what the Westminster Shorter Catechism says. And um, I don't know. I, the more that I just kind of... I, sorry for talking so much, no, but I think great. the thing I realized was like there is like a active and a passive side of faith. Like there's a mm-hmm. passive where you receive faith, 
but an active faith to, like, take your heart where it needs to go. And that's what, like, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says with his book, I think Spiritual Depression. He just says, like, the problem we have is we listen too much to ourselves as opposed to listening to what God has to say, Mm -hmm. that we aren't taking our heart or taking our mind to where it should be Mm -hmm. and speaking to ourselves the truth of the gospel. And I think I just realized, like, the truth of the gospel, for me, that just kind of helped me a ton was that, Joe, like, in the gospel, like, you're forgiven, in the gospel, you're declared righteous, that you are loved and you're accepted, not because of what you've done, but what Christ has done for you. And that really just kind of, I think meditating on that and wrestling with that really kind of was just the key to all of the depression. And, um, I think that was probably the biggest thing I learned. And I think I just have a lot of compassion for not just people who struggle with depression, but just, like, anyone who hasn't tasted, like, the sweetness of the gospel. And I think, like, the thing is, like, the thing that helped me out with the gospel is, like, when I really believed it, I just thought to myself, this is the greatest news in all the world. (laughs) It's like, you're telling me I can be really forgiven, and there's grace for me. And Tim Keller says, like, the gospel takes burdens off. It doesn't put burdens Mm. on. And I was like, why would why would anyone not want this? Why it doesn't make any sense. People are just idiots for not accepting Christ, for not wanting this. Mm-hmm. Because I was tasting like the sweetness of it and the beauty of it, and of grace and feeling loved and accepted for what Christ has done for me. And I, I think at that point I really felt like the gospel was good news. It wasn't like bad news and you had to earn all this. It was good news. It was like it's just you just receive it by faith alone, and that was or what one verse I love is uh, Romans four. I'm horrible at scripture memory, <laughs> but I I've just meditated on it, so I don't have what it actually says. Yeah, um, it's this. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Mm-hmm. And I remember being on vacation with friends, and I was hanging out with my friend Miles, and I was like, Miles, like, this is the greatest verse ever. And it's like, to the one who works, it's a wage, but, like, to him who believes he justifies the ungodly, it's like, his faith is kind of his righteousness. It's like, oh, like, you're telling me I have to do nothing. I have to do nothing but believe. And that's even, like, I don't know who it is. I think some people back in the olden days, like... I don't know. I just heard this. <laughs> Basically, they just would read that from Martin Luther's commentary on Galatians, mm-hmm. where it's like, you do nothing but believe. And that's what saved people. It's like, oh, I don't have to do anything. I just receive what Christ has done. And that's freeing. Mm-hmm. And that was what really kind of like, really kind of started getting me out of it. And I think I think this, it's like, so, I mean, I'm probably talking too much, but know, it's like... I don't know, like, the thing is, it's like, when I was tasting that, I was like, I love God so much more now because of it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the thing, it's like, that's where cheap grace, that's not cheap grace. Cheap grace is like, I'm free of my sin because of grace, I can live however I want. Yeah. And it's like, true conversion really is like, dude, like, I love God more because of the grace he has for me. That I, that I, the thing I even realize even today is that, the more that I receive grace, the more I have a desire to live a life that's pleasing to him. Mm. 
And that's not a burden. That's like a joy. It's a delight. And a lot of times we think like, oh, I got to live life pleasing to him. I got to do all these things. And I get, it's right. Yes. But the motivation to that really is the gospel. And I think I was just tasting that. And I live my life off that. Like the more I can just rest in the gospel and the grace that he's given to me, the more I'm driven to please for him, the more I'm driven to love him, the more I'm the more I want to fast, the more I want to pray, the more I want to share my faith, the more I want to obey, like all those things. And um, I just think that that's, that's really, really good news. And mm. so that's the gospel. It's pleasing to God. Like Christians love pleasing God. And really it's like just what it says in First John, we love because he first loved us. And that really was just really helpful for me in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And so... I mean, can we keep talking? I mean, yeah, do you, you got more? <laughs> I, I, I would just say, like, um, I mean, do you have, I would just say, like, I, I am on medicine uh-huh. for this. Do you want me to sure. talk about this at all, or do you want to ask your questions? Yeah, I have I, a lot of things. I okay, say. yeah, you, you do that, and then I can, <laughs> and then you can add that on. That sounds great. And then we can finish it up. Okay. So, to begin, first of all, like, thanks for your testimony. It's like, it's so huge just to, like, see that. And I think I just want to dwell on a couple of things he said before we move on and just to reinforce it. And a couple of those is just the gospel. And you can just learn so much about the way you process what you went through and how it took you to the gospel. One is that the gospel is completely contrary to whatever is causing your depression. It's like the opposite. You know, like whatever is getting it, like the culture around us is telling us to work, you know, to, to, to be good. And like those aren't bad things. But if the gospel is if, if the fake gospel says that's what's going to save us, we're actually going to die. You know, it's like if I'm relying on my goodness, you know, I'm going to perish, you know, because I really can't uphold a level of goodness that's good. So I think it's just like so contrary. It's so necessary. I think I just wanted to dialogue about like how did that work out for you like when it was at its worst or just if you have like an example maybe of like how do you walk yourself through the gospel when you're telling yourself I'm the worst I can't do anything right and because I think I know I have those thoughts and um, I'm sure everyone listening has stuff like that too no yeah you may talk about it yeah if you have an example yeah I mean I don't know if I have like a specific example but I definitely have some thoughts about it Mm -hmm. um I think there's, I think if you grow up in church a lot and you probably think, I don't know, I think like it's, it's like, okay, like I'm depressed. Okay. Depression's bad. Therefore suck it up and do better. Mm -hmm. And I think I've just kind of learned the value of like acknowledging the emotions that you have. And I think that's probably like the first thing that happens because the reality is like, if you don't even like know what emotions you're feeling or addressing your emotions and you kind of like keep doubling down on like quoting yourself scripture or like, like, Oh man, like we're supposed to have hope, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. hope, faith and love, like all these kind of things and don't really acknowledge like the emotions. Like the reality is just going to make you more depressed because you're not really like addressing like the heart of the issue. And I think like the, the real key is, I mean, I'm, t- I'm just, like, quoting everything Tim Keller, but it's, like, <laughs> the gospel person really, 
he he's not a moralist in the sense of like he just goes and does the right thing, nor is he an anti-nominist or a Mr. Grace, who I like to call, who doesn't not obey um, or doesn't obey. But what he does is he starts asking himself, what idols in my heart do I have that's causing me to feel this way? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the real, the real gospel change really goes to like the heart of the matter and addressing like the idols of it all. And so like for me, my idol would have been like moralism. It would have been like career. It could have been marriage. But some people, they get depressed over, like, relationships. And so, like, if they don't get accepted in a relationship, they get depressed because they didn't meet the standard that they're looking for. Or even in your job career, you're looking for a career and you get denied and you have this idol of acceptance. You really got rejected and so you get depressed. And I think, like, in the conversation of depression, if, if we're not talking about these heart idols or what you really are worshiping... Um, I think that is that's not going to help anyone to not talk about those things because I don't know I just think we're all worshipers at heart mm-hmm. and um, we really want to get to the heart of the matter as opposed to just putting a bandaid on it when you got like a cancer in your heart that you got to fix. Sure. And so I mean I can let me just keep going. It's like <laughs> yeah, I mean this is like a gold mine where it's like <laughs> yep. So and so like the <laughs> the way that I would then process that is why do you have those idols? Like, why, what idols do you have? Like, for example, if you have acceptance, like, what's what's the problem with acceptance? It's like, nothing's bad about acceptance, but what you're really doing is you're using acceptance in such a way to say, I'm enough. Like, I've arrived because this person likes me. Or my career, it's like, I'm enough because I got this position in my job, or I achieved and moved on, or... I'm enough because I have control or power or whatever. And um, Chariots of Fire, I mean, I probably quote this to all the people I lead 101 different times, but I think it's just because it's so impactful for me. I learned this stuff while I was depressed. It was that he just says, like, there's this Harold Abrams. He's about to race in the 100 meters, and he's anxious because, like, his identity is being shooken early on in the movie when he lost. Like, when you first meet him, he's like, dude, like, I've never lost a race in my life. His whole identity was wrapped up into it. And, but here he is in the Olympics, anxious. And the thing that he says was, like, I have 10 lonely seconds to justify my existence. Mm -hmm. And that was helpful for me because, like, I was justifying my own existence by my morality or my career or my marriage or whatever, that I was finding my worth or my self-worth in these things. And if we, I think we really, if we go deep, dark, deep into enough with depression, we're all trying to find our self-worth. We're all trying to find love, acceptance in these outside things. And the blocked goal is we didn't meet it. Like, therefore we have depression. Like, um, and so the, the question really is like, what's my idol? And we all have idols because we're trying to justify ourselves. And then when you get to that below, then you're like, okay, like, what does the gospel say? The gospel says, I'm justified by faith alone because of what Christ has done for me. And and notice in that way, you're not just kind of like using the gospel as like a band-aid that goes on top. Like you're taking the gospel to the bottom of your heart and you're like, dude, what what is really important to me? Is it this career or is this the God of the universe, the two eyes in the world that really matter, as Tim Keller would say? 
And is that more important to me than what I think that is? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and then, I, and then I'd probably say one more thing. Yeah, cool. I would probably just say, like, um, it really just comes down to worship. Um, the real key is kind of like this. is like, uh, I think it's Charles Chambers, or I don't know the name of it, but it just kind of says... And as is all the reform circles, I'm sure you can find it. I just don't remember it. He just kind of says, like, the only way to expel old affections mm-hmm. is to find a new affection. Yes. And um, I was just thinking about this. Yeah, yeah. and I, I just think, like, okay, it's, it's one thing to know that, like, you're justified in faith in Christ, but it's another thing to know it emotionally in such a way that you fall more and more and more in love with Christ— and the more you fall in love with Christ, that's worship. Like you're changing, just kind of like Second Corinthians three, like changing from one degree of glory to another, beholding in the face of Christ. And like the more that you do that, like the more you're enjoying God, you're communing with Him, and you're just like you just want Him more. But as you're doing that, what you're really doing is you're losing the power that the other idols have, the idols of moralism, idols of career, acceptance, because when you see like, man, I love Jesus and all that he's done for me in such a way that sets your heart on fire. Like it says in Luke 24, when they're leaving Jesus' tomb and they look at each other after seeing Jesus, like did not our hearts burn within us? And I think that should be a common experience for Christians. Like, man, my heart's burn with intimacy with Christ. And as that's happening in my mind, that's worship. And when that happens, you're just saying you're given less and less power to the other idols mm-hmm. in finding your identity more and more in Christ. And when you can do that, you're kind of changing goals in such a way that the depression kind of dwindles in such a way like my goals have changed. Like if my goal is to be accepted by Christ, it's like, dude, I have that because of justification by faith as opposed to having this goal in my career or being accepted or whatever. And so you can fight your depression on that level because the gospel, I mean, t- John Piper, he would just say, God is the gospel. And he just kind of says like, yes, you're justified. But if you don't get to enjoying God and communing with him and, and being with him, like you've missed the goal. Like the quote he always says, and I'm, I'm sure he's not mm-hmm. the only one who says it, but it's like, if you're in heaven and you have no pain and no suffering, God's yeah. not there. Like, are you content? Yeah. And, I would say no, and I think every Christian should say no, but it's like that communion with God, that is where worship happens. And mm. when you can do that, you're like just, you're fighting your depression because in justification you have God, mm. not these other idols of yours. And I think that's kind of like the real power mm. kind of to it all. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah. Sometimes, like, maybe in some some type of high where you're finding some type of worth outside of the gospel, that can lead to, like, depression getting a grasp on you, you know? Yeah. And that's, like, when it really – and, like, like you're saying, for it to lose its grip on you is to fall in love with God. And the more you fall in love with God, the more you'll – the grip of – you know, depression will lift off you. No, yeah. And that's just true, not even just for depression, but just life in general. Like, whatever thing is, like, like whatever idol, heart idol that you're, like, having just, like, besetting sin or anything, it's just, like, just fall in love with God and fall out of love with the world. And it's just helpful um, for my own life, too. You know, I've been n- not in the best spiritually, I think, and we've talked about this. And 
Yeah. It's not until you just love God for saving you, for not doing anything, that you really can just accept and receive grace and yeah. humble, yeah, humble you up. So. Oh yeah. Can I say that one, one yeah. last thing? Shoot. I think. Um, I so I am on uh, depression medicine. Um, for those of you who probably want to know. Um, and I, this is kind of like my process with it, if you struggle with depression, was that I, um, some of you may need to go on depression medicine very quickly or anxiety mes- medicine really, really quickly. Um, but I, I was weary of being on it. And I think I just have had experiences with people and it wasn't good for them. That I didn't want to be in a horrible state, but I think this is the thing: was I struggled with depression, and I did everything I possibly could to fight it, from physical health to social health to spiritual health, and kind of like after like a year, I I think I just felt like I've done everything I possibly could. I learned all the lessons that I shared in this podcast, but I still noticed like things were lingering like not as powerfully as they were not as intense as they were but they were lingering and I think because of that I was like no I think it's I've done everything I physically can to help I think it's there is a biological element to it all and I I really do think some of us struggle with a biological Mm -hmm. side of depression and that needs to be recognized and admitted and I think the thing I would just say is like it's it's not a shame to have it. I know there's a stigma with depression and anxiety. And I think it's a, it's a really sorrow and you don't want to tell anyone. You, a lot of us struggle with pride and we don't want to say like I'm broken, I need help. Um but I think the thing I just realized was like dude, if this medicine could help, like I don't care who who thinks what they think about it. It's like it's just beneficial and to me it's been really beneficial and it's helped in a lot a variety of ways and mm. so I think that's also important to say with the conversation. It's a very important note. And like just on that, I think it's a byproduct of listening to this podcast. Maybe for some people, like when you're down to think like, oh, I have depression. And I would say it's most likely for most people, it's probably not the case. You know, it's like, I mean, I don't deal with depression. I don't have like that type of, of course, like I'm going through extreme lows or or whatever but there's it's the biological side of it is important to know like be very cautious considering Mm -hmm. uh medicine i think no yeah if that's right to affirm and i just talked to your doctor your doctor probably knows yes way more than we do yes and obviously you can't get medicine without your doctor anyway so yeah but yeah yeah okay cool i think we said that all we need to say yeah thanks for having me and (laughs) sorry if i talk too much and no. no, thanks for you did great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're actually in Joe's studio today, so yep, my office, <laughs> his office, all his books, and it's messy. Yeah, so um, at the end of every episode, we try to have like a verse, it's like just to have a promise for people to hold on to when they're going through whatever topic it is. So I don't know if you have a verse in mind. This is probably one verse I'll give. Um, this is. Uh, Psalm 91, 14 through 16. Um, because, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. 
With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Mm. It's better than Monocle's pizza. Mm. It's a bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> I love Monocle's. That's true. Okay, so yeah, we're going to end up with say, and that's how you trust God, bro. So okay. That's. And that's, that's how you trust, trust God, God bro. bro. <laughs> <laughs>